know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA Two K Twenty Three. I am Mo Mutsi. Alongside me, as always, the one, the only, Mr. BJ Armstrong. Mo, there's only one game tonight. Oh man! So let's I might, get right I to might it. even get to bed before the sun comes. Yeah, you up. might get to bed. That's what I'm Maybe. saying. I, I want to get this done just so you can get some sleep. You know, for the you first time sleep, so. this season. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, so remember when we did our prediction video? Uh, for the playoffs, and I said Celtics will take. Yeah, where do we stand with that? I forgot who I picked. Where I do, where do we stand with it in in that game? Let's have a little uh, little, little look at that. Uh, you picked the Bucks, I picked the Bucks. We're both wrong. Uh, you picked the Knicks, I picked the Cavs. You were right on that one. We both picked the Sixers. Um, you said in six, I said in five, but they ended up doing it in four. And then you said Celtics in five, and I said Celtics in six. Do you remember the reason I told you why it would be six games? I do not, but re- re- remind me, please. They are not a serious team. They are <laughs> not a serious team. They are unserious candidates. They are unserious. Well, they, but they got, but they got it done. So they talking uh, about talking about playing with your food, man. Listen, they got it done in the end, right? But it looked like for most of the game, the Hawks were going to win. So very relieved. Um, they get a little bit more rest than they would have before they start their series against the Sixers. They should have got more rest by winning it in four or five games, but here we are. Um, maybe a nice wake-up call, hopefully. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, through the okay, game. So go who ahead. else did we pick in the West? Go in the West. Go in the oh, West. We, I, we going I, the West. Doing this? Yeah. I was going to wait until the, yeah, yeah. the Memphis and the Warriors series is all finished to do that one. Um, let's have a look. Okay. Let me have a look. I just, I just Who did we pick in that series? I forgot who I picked in, in that series. So, so you picked Nuggets in seven. I picked Nuggets in six. You picked Suns okay. in five. I picked Suns in six. You picked Kings in seven. I picked Warriors in six. And you picked Grizzlies in six. And I picked Lakers in seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, we'll see. That's interesting. Well, I'm wrong. So you, well, you I still mean, got a chance. Everyone's wrong after Milwaukee went home. Everyone on the planet is wrong. Yeah, yeah, so I don't want to hear yeah, nothing yeah. about wrong predictions, right? But let's talk about this, right. this Hawks game, right? Because I'll tell you what. I'll tell you my, my closing thoughts from this series, right? Everyone expected the Celtics to win. But I feel so much better about the Hawks organization now than I did after the final game of the regular season. You see what I'm saying? Like the play-in performance they had and then the way they played in this series against the Celtics for a team that's had to take on a new coach mid-season. You know, they've changed their whole guard rotation. This is the first year of DeJounte and Trey playing together. Um, I also think if, you know, DeJounte was suspended in another game, the Hawks might have won tonight I think. Oh, God. Did, not not a knock really, against DeJounte did you really just say that not did a knock really against not a knock against DeJounte Murray I just think Trey Young feels more comfortable when it's just him as the only ball handler not a knock against DeJounte's game in any way this so is you don't my, think it's a good fit you think it's just you don't think it's a good fit I didn't think I like I think in theory it's a good fit right in theory it's a good fit. Okay, cool. You've got one guy who can shoot the ball and he's rubbish on defense. You've got one guy who's good on defense and he can attack on the inside. Cool. Um, but the reality of it is throughout the season, it hasn't been the fit they thought. Maybe they just need more time to figure it out. Um, but here we are. Uh, Hawks were eliminated. Safe trip to Cancun, boys. Uh, gave me a little scare on their way out. But the Celtics uh, worry me more than the Hawks. Uh, we saw early minutes for Grant Williams in this one. Were you happy about that? Very happy about that. I'm I, look, depth is one of the qualities. It's it's an essential element that you need to make a deep runoffs. 
for whatever reason, he wasn't playing. He doesn't play at home, but he plays on the road. I don't know what what's going on. Hopefully, they will incorporate him because they're going to need him and Brogdon. And if they're going to continue Brogdon to bring the fantastic. Time Lord off. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You have to have. Mo, you have to have depth. That's it's essential. So that was great to see. And, uh, you know, I thought he did a nice job and I thought he contributed to the game here this evening. Jalen Brown, 32 points. Jason Tatum, 30 points. Marcus Smart, 22 points. Huge buckets in the clutch from Marcus Smart. Uh, Michael Brockton off the bench with 17. Um, the one thing that concerned me here is the Hawks were generating most of their offense throughout this game by literally doing what the um, Heat did against the Bucks when they picked on Chris Middleton, but they were going at Al Horford. They wanted to get Al Horford yeah. switched onto Trey Young, or they know that Al Horford's playing a drop coverage and they're going to be able to attack into the paint off of mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was a concern for me, especially when you got to face Tyrese Maxey in the next round. That was my initial concern with that one. Offensively, um, you know, to start the game, it looked like Jalen Brown was forcing the issue a little too much, but he finished 52% from the field, six of eight from behind the arc, 32 points. Can't rely on six from eight from behind the arc every night, but you got to just play the hand you're dealt. Um, Jason Tatum, there were there were times in this game where I was just watching, I'm like, man, just stop settling for these threes. Just the sidestep threes, just no. But we're going to see when they face a tougher opponent, how that all shakes out. Derek White, who's been fantastic through the series so far, he had a little bit of a cold night, but that's okay because Brogdon came in off the bench, gave them huge minutes in the fourth. Rob Williams, superb as always, two steals and three blocks doing his thing. I offered that three blocks and two steals, just to mention. Um, the Celtics did a great job. And the best part of the game, PJ, do you know the best part of the game for me? Celtics won. Uh, only seven turnovers. Oh, that final. Are we back to that? Or it's a little early, but it's, uh, it's just the first round. We can't start uh, counting turnovers now. Well, come on. And I always count uh, turnovers since the finals last year. <laughs> I don't even look at the final score. I just look at the turnovers. That will tell me the final score. Um, the, the Celtics did display a level of focus down the stretch. It felt like they shifted into a gear for the final three three minutes. Well, they did. They switched. They switched yeah. their defense. So give Coach Missoula and his staff credit. And you were absolutely right, Mo. That was a key. That was a key thing that happened during the course of the game. They found something that worked for them that gave them rhythm. They were able to put Al Horford in all the screen roles, and they targeted him. However, in the last, I, I think it was like the 530 mark, mm -hmm. they switched their defense, and they either trapped it or they literally just switched and then came back and doubled, which to me, you got to do something. So give Coach Missoula credit for saying we had to do something in crunch time, which I thought contributed to them having <laughs> They got they got out of rhythm. This Talking is a thing as well. Horse. Like, you know, I'm thinking, all right, cool. Trey Young's just burned you in the last game. How many points did he have? He started the first quarter with 18 points in the first round. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, me just being, you know, um, just a, a viewer of the NBA, analyst, whatever you want to call it. Um well, you're a coach now. You just put your you put your resume. Well, they haven't the, accepted uh, they haven't <laughs> yet accepted. They still need to fire Bootenholz first, but soon to be the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um but I was wondering why they didn't switch up the coverage, but it's because the game, they were just hanging around in the game, hanging around in the game right. and credit to Joe Missoula for only using it when he needed it because then the Hawks yeah, didn't have time and a chance to adjust to it. So great coaching from Missoula. Right. I was very frustrated with them yeah. up until they ended up fourth. They ended up with like three straight possessions where they block shots. Um, fantastic, 
fantastic. And then also for the last couple of minutes, you saw Marcus Smart picking up Trey Young full court. The really funny part to me, did you see the sequence where like Trey Young tried to inbound the ball three times and all three times he couldn't get it in and he was just deflecting it off Marcus's body to get another inbound. And then who was it? Hunter came to inbound it. He couldn't get the ball in. So that's just when the Celtics play with, with their size, it's difficult for the opposition to just get simple things going. So hopefully now the Celtics can bring that defensive intensity onto the next one. Um, what are your key takeaways from this series moving forwards? Well, well, the first thing I want to say this to all the future coaches out here. You know, the most important thing when you draw up a play, a sideline out of bound play, is to get the ball in bounds. And you could see how critical that sequence was. They couldn't even get the ball in. And it got to be to a point, Mo, where a lot of times you'll draw these diagrams up and the diagram is different once you get out there and you actually have to execute it. It was in a very difficult place, the out-of-bounds, the sideline out-of-bounds play. And the real problem was the height difference between Marcus Smart and Trey Young. And it was so difficult that they eventually had to take Trey Young off of that play. And I think they put in DeAndre Hunter to just try to get the ball in. And then they turn it over anyway. So it was like four or five times they couldn't even get the ball in. So, you know, it's little things like that, Mo, that you go, you know, those are those are the differences between winning and losing. Just that little sequence. And I'm not saying that was the reason they lost. I'm just you using that as an example of the small things matter when you're playing in big moments. Um, the thing that I was impressed with the Boston Celtics t- tonight is they hung around. They just hung around. That's what a good team does. You know what? You hang around, and then at the end, you get the necessary stops that you need. So I was very encouraged by the following. You know, most times teams win on their offense, especially bad teams. You know, they shoot well. They make threes that night. They win. You know, it's great. They shot 55% from three or whatever. Well, the Celtics, they got the stops that were necessary to win the game. And when you have a team that you can get stops, Mo, and you can come down on the other end and execute, then that's always a positive sign. And Marcus Smart, you know what? We 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 always we've always known this about Marcus. Marcus is a mentally tough kid, mm-hmm. and the fact the way he bounced back in this game in particular, and made big play after big play, big shot after big shot, took on the matchup on the defensive end, and and, and he was he was. Who's a lockdown defender? You know, Uncle Al just shows up. I mean, Uncle Al shows up and just hits big threes. I think we all forget him. I forget about him. Man, he just shows, and, and, and like that's his former open. that's his former stomping ground. He played most of his yeah, career I mean, with the Atlanta Al, Hawks. Yeah, big big Al was terrific. I mean, what I mean, he's just when you say a vet, I mean that's that's the ultimate vet. Like he's just a, he just gets out of the way and he's like, hey, when you guys are tired. Just throw me the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how he's like, okay, you guys run around, shoot your threes, Jason. And then when you get tired, you know where I'm at. And he just, and he just, and he has a timely, you know, you know who he, you know, who he, he's kind of the new, he's the, the newer version of uh, Robert Ory. He just makes big shots. Well, he scores like 10 points, but he makes big shots. He can get a championship ring like Robert Horry did many times throughout the course of his career. Well, you know, hey, well, I didn't say he's not playing with Shaq. He's 
not playing with Akeem Olajuwon. He's not playing with Kobe Bryant. You know, the late Kobe Bryant. You know, don't play Al here for it. You know, he's doing his part. Okay. <laughs> you no, know, Robert Ory played oh. with Tim Duncan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So I mean, it's a little different, but you know what? I think you get the point. The guy, yeah, he's yeah, a big time yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the season through, uh, we've got two matchups coming up tonight. Now we've got. Game number six in two Western Conference matchups that I cannot Ooh, wait for. I'm so yes. excited. We start with the Warriors traveling to the Bay Area. Is it still the Bay Area? Because it's San Francisco now. I don't Is really it understand. still the Bay Area? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, whoa, I don't whoa, understand. Whoa, whoa. Oakland, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bay okay, Area, hold on, San Francisco. Hold on, hold on. What's let, the me, let me correct. Let me, let let me, me know. Co- hold on. Let me, let me correct you. Okay. Now, the tourists who come here, you know, they go, I'm going to San Francisco. Yeah, with the bridge. Okay. Now, to the locals, we go, oh, okay. He's not from here. You know, then if you may be from, let's say you're from Oklahoma, you go, I want, hey, I'm coming to the Bay Area. That means you could, are you going to Oakland? Are you going to, you know, Marin County? Are you going to San Francisco? So you'd be like, okay, this guy, maybe he's been out here before. Mm. But let me tell you what the locals say. The yay yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's E40. I want you to put the, that's E40. Now, let me understand. Now, let me tell you what the locals say. The yay yay. Do you understand? Uh, Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Whatever you say, whatever you say. It tells us where you from. Hey, I'm, hey guys, I'm going to San Francisco. Oh, okay, he's not from here. Okay, I'm from the Bay Area. Okay, maybe he's been out here too, a couple times. But if you from the area, where you say you from, I'm from the Yay. So now, Mo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to all our listeners there in the UK, here's I'll just the give problem. you a little in, local flavor <laughs> in local slang of the UK. Yay means something very different. Uh, okay, if, that if, may be. If I'm not going to explain that because we're a family friendly no, no, show. I don't, yeah, but, yes, uh, yes. You don't want to get caught with some yay. Let's just say that. And then that's that. Yeah, but, uh, uh, um, but, okay, cool. You wouldn't think that I spent a month there last summer, would you? <laughs> no, no, no. But no, that, yeah. Clearly, clearly, you're not from the yay. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell that. no. I spent the whole time working, making podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. In San Francisco. <laughs> yes, yes. In San Francisco. Although, yes, I didn't even, did. bro, I didn't even get to see the damn bridge. I went there twice, and both times the clouds were covering up. So I went all the way there to see clouds. It was awful. Um, but, yeah. but they host the Sacramento Kings with a chance to win the series. They hold a 3-2 lead. And at home, they are even better than they are on the road where they won right. their last game in in Sacramento. So, right. who, who you got for this one? Because I'm pretty confident in Golden State closing it out. I, I, yeah, I, I I agree with you. Well, I agree. I, agree. I, I, I think they accomplish, you know, it took them three tries, but they got job done. And I think this team is, they're a veteran team. And as they say, Mo, I don't think they're going to play play with their food at the table. I think mm-hmm. they're going to handle well, their business. Doc Rivers, I says, think they're going to try to take meat. them. Yeah, yeah. I think you you got to. <laughs> that, that's what Doc said, not me. He said uh, it uh, in the crazy. press conference, yeah, yeah. and then he had to put well, out an apology. <laughs> well, I think it's important for the world. 
Warriors. When you have someone on the ropes, you take them out. Yep. So I expect the Warriors to come there and finish the job and 100%. advance to the next round. I, that's yeah. what I expect. And, and you got to think about it. Like the Warriors, they used to playing under pressure. These Kings players have never played with this amount of pressure in their lives. So right. I'm expecting the Warriors to handle business. They found something here with the Draymond coming off the bench. Um, they've definitely found something that's worked. They've done a great job in taking away a lot of the offense that comes from Sabonis creating at the top. They're really just daring him into shooting jump shots. Um, which he doesn't really seem very confident about at all. Even from the mid-range, he's not very confident in those jump shots. So we're going to see what adjustments Sacramento make. If you were the Kings, what adjustments would you be looking to make coming into this one? Um, you know, well, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And here's the thing. When you put together a, a, when you put together a game plan, you have to... You have to believe in that game plan, whether you win or lose. You got to believe in it. And you have to believe that the fact that it's going to win and it's going to work. And why is it going to work? Because we're going to execute it. Here's what the Warriors have done. The Warriors have, anytime something doesn't work, they move on to something and they try to find what does work. Meaning... Steve Kerr and his staff, they're showing you that, you know, no, we don't have all the answers. But what we do is we have every tool in the bag and we got to find the right tool that's going to work. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, when I watch the Kings, their solution to everything is just to play faster. Yeah. Well, like... They're an offensive-focused team. Like, that's what they do. It's not like they're going to dig in on defense. They've never done that. Yeah, they, they, their solution is we're going to just play faster. Now, Steve Kerr, in my opinion, when you say what would I do, is I have to find the right matchups for our team versus their team. Steve Kerr has figured out I don't want to spend any time with Steph Curry dribbling the ball versus Davion Mitchell. What's the guy off night? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> off night. Yeah. Off night's job is just be, do, do, do you guys want to know what's hilarious? Every day, you guys, BJ, we'll be talking on the phone. We'll be talking after the show. And he asked me, what's the kid's name? Off night. What's the kid's name? Yeah, every yeah, every day of the yeah, week, yeah, I have to yeah, tell him. Yeah, off night. Yes. Yes. Davion. Yeah, yes. Who, by the way, I'm a huge fan of off nights. Yes. Um, but so when he comes in the game, Steve Kerr, he always takes Steph Curry either off the ball or he takes him out of the game, mm -hmm. which messes up their game plan for Sacramento because now he's playing his normal six to eight minute run versus DiVincenzo, for instance. Well, even if he's, he's still in the game, Steph off the ball is going to run through about five screens in the space yes. of 10 seconds. And exactly. as great as you can be as a defender, that's right. Good luck. So the thing that it, it's impressive to me is Steve Kerr is figuring out the matchups, who he wants to play versus who. And Coach Brown is saying, and I'm just going to impose my will and just play faster, regardless of what Steve Kerr is doing. I'm a huge matchup guy. Why? Because there's no counter to speed and quickness. And when you have the right matchups, the game will kind of shake itself out because you got the right guy guarding the right guy. Mm. I just think 
Coach Brown has to figure out with his team the matchups that he wants to exploit. Mm-hmm. Because you bringing Draymond Green off the bench allows Steve Kerr a luxury that Coach Brown doesn't have. And that luxury is this. He's bringing in a starter that he knows why he's bringing this guy in. He's going, okay, when they bring in Alex Lynn, I'm going to neutralize that. With I'm going to neutralize that. Yeah, I'm bringing Draymond in because I want to stop something. Where on the other hand, Coach Brown is just saying, guys, play faster. Keep running. Mm-hmm. Keep shooting your shots when you're open. Just keep going harder. You know what I mean? And at some point here, you got to get to your matchup. So what would I do? Very simple. Very simply is I would try to match up the game and exploit the matchups that benefit me on both ends of the court. Because right now, everybody knows everyone's offense. It's not like someone's going to pull something out of of your hat. And they got to get somebody to contribute. You know, one game, Alex Lynn came in. Trey Lyles had 17 in one of the wins. Malik Monk had 30 in the wins. The Warriors have taken all that away. The only one, the the only player that the Warriors can't contain is De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. But everyone else they've contained. But on the other hand, what has the what has the Sacramento Kings contained? Draymond Green had 21 points. Kavon Looney had 22 rebounds and seven assists. Those are huge. That's what those are huge contributions. Okay, we know what Steph's going to do. We know what Clay's going to do. But when you well, start getting well, those type of contributions, now you're talking about something. Well, what I would do if I was the Kings, I would start the game and I would relentlessly go at Clay Thompson over and over and over again to try and get him in foul trouble. Because the one thing I don't want to see if I'm the Sacramento Kings is the man that we all fear. Game six, Clay. Oh, stop it. Game six, Clay. That's a different animal. That's it. You've oh, got to get him out of game. So, no, that's a different Mo, beast. Stop it. That's Mo, a different beast. Mo, you're reading the press clippings now. Stop no, it. no. I'm watching Clay Thompson. He just goes to a different place for game six. I'm telling you. They got to get him in foul trouble. He's having 30 for them. I'll tell you that now. Might even have 40 for them. It's Clay. Come on, dog. It's Clay Thompson, game six. Uh, uh, okay, if you say so. I'm ready for it. Anyway, the next matchup of the night, we have the Memphis Grizzlies trying to save their season Ooh. by going to Ooh. LA to take on LeBron James's LA Lakers, or should I say Austin Reeves' LA Lakers? or whoever's team it is now, because LeBron was very disappointing in the last game, and he managed to avoid all criticism because all anyone would talk about is the Milwaukee Bucks losing. So shout out to LeBron. He picks a perfect night to have a quiet game. To have a off night. Yeah, yeah. Davion Mitchell won there. But uh, (laughs) who have you got for that one? I'm going to say the Lakers. I'm just going to say the Lakers, because you know what? I I think it's a must win for them. If they don't win this game, Mo... If they don't win this game, I don't want to see the potential epic. I think it would be epic meltdown if the Lakers don't finish this. Well, I just think it's going to be too. I think if they don't win tomorrow night, they have to fly back to Memphis for an early tip-off on Sunday. And, Mo, I just don't see it. Well, So that- I'm going to say the Lakers, and then I'm just going to – that's it. And, that, and why I'm saying it, I just don't want to see – I mean, well, it'd be so brutal that I, I I can't even imagine. So you're still saying the Lakers, even though they've had a travel day and then they've got the game coming up tonight. I I, I don't think there's a, tr- they don't have a choice. 
I now now if you're asking me what I, I really think, yes, I think that's... I think you I think youth will be served. <laughs> so you, are you saying the Grizzlies? I'm asking what you really think. Yes, yeah, I, I think so I think the youth will be served. I think, Mo, this is a young man's game. But I'm going to pick the Lakers because, Mo, I don't want to see it. I don't. <laughs> want to, I'm I, just picking the Lakers because I don't want to see it. Mo. I, I, I'm picking. I don't want to see. I don't want to see that. I'm picking the Lakers. LeBron bounce back. He'll have like 40 as a final farewell yeah, to Dylan Brooks. It's already. I, you yeah. can see the script. It's already there. Um, yeah, for the record, I'm picking the Lakers. However, Mo, Mo you're really picking Mo. the Grizzlies. You really, yeah, yeah. I'm because uh, when we record yeah. tomorrow night, you're going to say, Mo, I told you, youth has been served. No, you're you're no, really no, no, picking no, Memphis. No, no, Mo, I have to. Mo, I have to because Mo, this is a young man's game. Mo, <laughs> so pick the Grizzlies. So game. pick the Grizzlies then. <laughs> well, well, Mo, I, 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 but Mo, I, I, I'm just going to act my age. I'm going to act my age. It's a. I picked them because, Mo, I don't think the Lakers have a chance. They have to win that game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Mo, if you go back to the – they still call it the grindhouse or whatever. I don't, I don't know because they're not really grit and grind anymore, are they? They're more like jumping yeah, really but hard. But I'm going to tell you what. Talking. Yeah, it, it, but if they go back there, I just don't want – I just don't want to see the – Mo, do you know how tough it is? The LA media will no, be uh, if they, oh, well, uh, LA media. Just, do you know how tough listening to this podcast will be for Laker fans if they lose tomorrow, tonight? Oh, I know, I know. It, it, it's <laughs> I just don't, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't care about well, LA if media. They lose, care about the just, if they lose, if they lose tomorrow night at home, you're just doing the podcast by yourself. I can't because I've got, I'm just going to let you rant. Because it's going to be... Darwin Ham oh, said God, something. Uh, Darwin had said something that was interesting to me. He was like, there's no pressure on us. We weren't even meant to be here. Because they weren't in the playoffs all year long. I'm like, bro, you got LeBron on your team. What the hell are you talking about? You weren't meant to be here. You weren't meant to be in the play-in. You were meant to be the second seed, not the seventh seed. I know what he's talking about. But speaking of press... <laughs> see, um, see, see, you're already starting. They're already starting. Speaking you're, of... Everyone's got their... Everyone's got their... Everyone's all lined up. And they're going to just... You know what? I'm not. I'm going with the Lakers. End of okay. discussion. So speaking of press, though, uh, Jared Allen came out with a quote after the Caps got eliminated, humiliated, whatever they got, and he said the lights were too bright. He goes, the lights were brighter than I thought they would be. I've never had a heard an NBA player be so honest with you know their response of just saying, okay, cool, yeah, the pressure was too much for me. What do you make of that statement from Mister Young Jared Allen? Is this his, this this is this his first time in the playoffs, Jared? Allen? Yeah. Yeah, because they had the play in, yes. and he was injured, and da da da. Okay. Um. You know, New York. Unfortunately, fortunately, I was able to play. Um, in in New York in the playoffs, and I played against them in some really intense battles. One of them being the conference finals, nineteen ninety two, and. Was nice I can't Mo, I'm old Mo. I don't know. I can't even remember Devion Mitchell's name. I let alone <laughs> what happened in 1992. I just know I did it. I don't know when I did it, but that, at least that's what they told me, right? That's a that's a different that's a different animal. No, New New York and LA, that's a little different. In, in particular, New York is I know everyone thinks they have the greatest crowd, and then you know oh, it's in nice Chicago, we thought my bad. Chicago yeah. thought they had the breast crowd, and, and, and we did have. We had great crowds there. And then Sacramento has the Cowbells. 
you know, everybody's got their thing. But let me tell you something. There's nothing like the garden. I'm just going to, you know, like, like he's being honest. So I'm going to be honest. There's nothing. That's the world's greatest arena. It's the greatest. It's the loudest. Even it's louder than, than the Boston God was when we went in the finals. Is, because we couldn't even hear each other speak. These, these are New York fans. This, this is they're yeah. New York is its own place. All right. As New Yorkers would say, everything else is just a suburb of, of, of mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. There's New York and then there's the rest of the country. Well, let's just be honest. Okay? okay. We all right. If you want to go to a game, Mo, and you want to experience the NBA as a fan. You have to go to a New York game, and yeah. then you can go to the other games and go. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's cute. The first time I that's went to nice. the Garden was the Knicks versus Timberwolves uh, when Carmelo Anthony was on the Knicks, and that was just a random night in December, and it was fantastic. Fully recommended. Yeah, and and now they're in the second round. Oh, mm-hmm. well, they're they're going. No, it's it's nothing like it. Okay, it's Mo. There's nothing like a new. Some of my fondest memories playing in the playoffs were in New York because, well, the intensity is beyond. So was this eye-opening? I'm sure it was for him, as it should have been, right? I remember the first, Mo, I remember the very first time, very first time we played in New York. From the moment our plan, our plane landed, the, the I was afraid that the, the, I didn't know what they were going to do on the plane. They were like, you suck, bulls. The guy was unloading the luggage. He was like, <laughs> you suck, bullshit. You're like, hey. And then, no, you couldn't talk trash. You're like, man, I just want to make sure my bags get there. Yeah. The guys, they, the guys putting the bags from the plane to the bus, and we're walking to the bus, and he's like, New York, New York, go New York. Bull suck. You know, and then, Mo, then they're, okay, Secure those the guys bag. are screaming. Then they're, um, okay. Then you get to the hotel. Then you're like, well, I got to be nice to those people because, you know, you, they, they're bringing you room service. They're doing whatever. And you know, you know, they, they come to clean your room and they're like, no, I'm not cleaning your room. New York. I'm from New York. <laughs> Mo, you know, and Mo, you go to the game. There were literally, literally, there were people that wouldn't allow our bus to drive into Madison Square Garden. That's crazy. Okay. All right, Mo. Like you couldn't go out to dinner because the people in the restaurant were like screaming. This is New York. It's a different, it's a different, well, all of my friends from New York. Yeah. Like, well, you know, you know, if you, you know what we got to do tomorrow night, Mo? Goes to New York. We should get our friend, Gerald Brown. We should get our friend, Gerald Brown. He lives in New York. He's from Harlem to come on the show. Okay. You know what? You know what they're saying? They bleed orange and blue skies right now. It's orange and blue. Yeah. I, I'm gonna after the show. I'm gonna I'm send you them. the song. I'm not mad. I'm gonna them. send you the song, Mo, that they've made. That's just all new. It's just go New York, go New York, go. It's okay. So, yeah, tough gig for Jar Allen. Tough gig. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I feel bad. I I feel bad for him. I feel other, bad for him because he did. He wasn't prepared for that. The other big story in the media was Giannis's post-game comments, you know, when the reporter asked him if the season was a failure. And uh, we got a question in through the Discord server. NL89 asked, mm-hmm. after seeing Giannis switch 
in terms of get angry at the reporter. I think I don't think he was angry at the reporter. I think he's more frustrated about how his season ended. Um, but after seeing Giannis's reaction after being asked if his season was a failure, I would love to ask BJ if Michael Jordan thought every season without winning a championship was a failure. Um, let me tell you something. You know, Mo, it's different when you're a player and it's different when you're a fan. It's different when you're covering the game. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you the mentality of many of us who've had the chance to win. When you win, Mo, it changes something about you. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as winning after you win a championship. Because the same thing, Mo, that you win, you feel the same way when you lose. Because, Mo, you realize, and this probably deserves more time than what we have here this evening. But truthfully speaking, Mo, once I won a championship, I I I lost all of the, the feelings of, like, whether I win or I lose. It's kind of like... It's like you escape the matrix. You're all of a sudden you peek in, you go, man, if I could just win a championship, it would, I would be the ultimate thing. Once I won, I realized I was the same person. <laughs> I didn't feel any different when I won. And then I didn't feel any different when I lost. I just knew, Mo, the following. Once you learn how to win, you never want to go back to the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like now, people come up to me all the time, and they always ask me about, "Hey, man, what's it like to win a championship?" That's what people want to talk about. Truthfully speaking, though, I didn't learn anything when I won. I learned everything that I know to this moment in defeat, mm-hmm. because the defeat is what taught me all of the lessons of what I really wanted to do with myself. Hmm. If you really want to know the truth, you don't learn one thing when you win. Because, Mo, you make a, you make the last second shot. Mo comes down and makes the last second shot. Three, two, one. Mo throws it up and he makes it. What'd you win? What'd you learn? Luck? Because that was a lucky shot. Yeah. Grayson yeah. Allen... Uh, okay, Grayson Allen makes that don't, shot. Don't get me started on Grayson Allen again. No, no, no. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just using him because they're, you know, they're just using it. Okay. Yeah. But when you lose, you have to confront all of the things that happened that got you to that point, and then realize the following: self-correcting people do best in life. So you got to correct that mistake. That's what I learned. When you understand why you win, that's when you win consistently. Jordan just understood why he won and he avoided feeling that way again. Because, Mo, once you do win, the feeling is unbearable. Pat Riley coined, Pat Riley said it best there's winning and then there's misery. Once you lose, 
and you are you confront yourself you get man this is just i can't i can't stand it. it's unbearable it's like it's like i can't even take it like then mo you do everything possible to avoid that feeling yeah okay so when you are a competitor and you see how much it hurts him like Giannis hurts it hurts him why because he understands the following in which i respect more than anything more than anything he said he was hurt now i don't know to what degree he was hurt but i know he was hurt because you can't tell me that if he would have played in those three games that this series would no it's a it's a different outcome it's a different outcome but the fact that he was able to sit there and give his reasoning and put it in perspective and say it with humility, I might add, let me know. So when I start hearing people comparing things, people forget this too, Mo. You know, Michael Jordan is perhaps the greatest player. I don't really know the greatest player. If you want me to answer, I don't know who's the greatest player. I do. Because I, there's Jordan. no... Yeah, yeah, okay. Everyone has their views, okay? But there's no way to I can, I can tell you it's not. Yeah, okay. But let me tell you this. You know, well, he it took him like seven, eight years before he figured it out. Yeah. Okay, he took him like seven, eight, he's like 28 years old when he, I think, he won the uh, first championship. Yeah, and that's how old Giannis is now. Okay, so, you know, Mo, I, 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 value losing if you were if i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it i value the lessons that are learned there because mo i played so hard and i poured my life into this is because it hurt me when i lost Mm -hmm. and when you when you're a warrior and you understand that mentality and you look at Giannis and you go, you know what? That's a champion. Yeah. Because you want to find out who you really are, Mo. You find out who they really are in defeat. Because I've never seen a champion who hasn't lost. Yeah. Mo, I've never seen a champion. Why do you play that hard? Why did Jordan play that hard? Well, all those years of getting beat up in Detroit gave him that energy to say the following. If I ever get that chance, I'm not going to lose that opportunity because I don't know if I get back. Coaches call that, we call that, a sense of urgency. What made him play to that degree with that much passion? Somewhere along the line, he must have learned that lesson. And once he got there, Mo, the guy was what unquestionably He's probably the greatest finisher. Because let me tell you something. If he got you on the ropes, Mo. <laughs> oh, no. No one, fin- no oh, one nah. finished. <laughs> no one finished better than him. There was no second chances with him. Now, I'll tell you, I'll say that right now. If Michael Jordan had you down 2-0 with the ball, he's going to finish that series. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. If he's in the fourth quarter, game tied, he's going to finish that. So I learned a lot about Giannis. And I think Giannis is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I loved his leadership and his question. He didn't give it, he didn't give an excuse. Jimmy Butler played terrific. And you got to take that lesson. Do I think Giannis 
And I can say this. Do I think he was at full strength? Absolutely not. Do I think he was at his best? Absolutely not. However, uh, people don't actually know what his injury was and how serious it was. And I feel like if it comes 100%. out how bad it really is, a lot of people will make a U-turn on what they've been. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, so, but you know what, Mo? I think Shaq he, said it best. He, he, I, th I think Shaq said it best. He said, is the season a failure? The season, yeah, is a failure. But are you a failure? Hell no. You're the best player in the world. Before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. It's okay. I'm, I, I'm, learn from failure I'm not letting, I'm, I'm not letting, no, I'm not. Because the season no, was a I failure. Allow that. The, se the season, no, I can't, you're the number I, one seed I can't. and you lose in the first round to the I, eighth seed I, through a play-in. I can't, I can't. I, I'm going to tell you why. We walk in that door together. We leave in that door together. No, they didn't know the Milwaukee season was a failure, but Giannis is not a failure. No, that ain't how that worked. You, you don't, you don't, you, you no, you don't cut that. You don't, you know, you don't, either you're going to leave, follow, or get out of the way. Your choice. And we're going to walk in here together and leave together. Or if, if one of y'all walk out, then okay. No, there, there ain't none of this. See, that's, that's, that's the issue that I have with that answer well is Giannis a failure no because he did he got his numbers let me tell you something every star knows this every true superstar knows this I'm not a superstar unless I got the role players that help me that pass me the ball and do all the things for me to be a superstar mm -hmm. I don't I saying the season is a failure doesn't mean that no no no, 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 no. it it <laughs> doesn't mean that it's a failure for individuals but as a collective it is a failure because you've lost okay mo how's it gonna be a failure when you did your best if i do he an exam if i go to do an exam and i do my best and i fail the test then it's a fail uh, uh, well no one this is a lesson for you to learn no one can tell you when or you did not do your best. Did you do your best on that test? If the answer is yes, I can't ask more. As a coach, I can't ask more from you than your best. As a player who's playing beside you, did Mo give his best versus Devin Booker? You Did, did you do your best, Mo? I'll cook him. Mo did his best. Okay. <laughs> Devin Booker hit the shot. No, he didn't. What it. more can I ask of you? I can't ask more <laughs> than your best. Yeah, I feel you. You can't. You, all of this comparison. No, that's that's some new age stuff that didn't come into the game. No, th those are the actors that play the game. See, there are players and then there are actors. The actors, when they do something good, they turn to the crowd and ask for the approval of the crowd. When the player hits a shot, he looks at his teammates and say, you know what? We got it done. Mm, don't mm. don't disguise the two. I'm not mad at anyone that y'all play. I know a player when I see one, and I know an actor when I see one. The actors look in the crowd and they're doing all their things. The players, they look to the they look to their teammates and go, I got you. When you miss a shot, that's okay. I got you. There's a difference here. So when all of these guys Giannis is part of a team. Put the book bag on your back and carry the responsibility as the best player on the team. The best player carries 
the responsibility of the entire organization. That's a superstar. If you mm -hmm. don't want that responsibility and you just want to be treated like a superstar, but have no responsibility as a superstar, tell me that too. And then I'll treat you like a star player. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. You can't have it both ways. When you lose, carry it. When you win, carry it. We win together. We lose together. Because let me tell you, I ain't never seen a player that made every shot. Mm -hmm. And you got to kick. This is a team sport. And no stars must play their role great. And the role players must play their role great. Mm -hmm. You can't have one without the other. So all of that talk about, well, the, this, no. The season was a success. Why? You can't tell me that Giannis didn't do his best. And you can't tell me that injuries aren't a part of the game. Mo, I say that from day one. Injuries are a part of the game. Sometimes the chemistry doesn't work. You just sat there and told me the chemistry did, doesn't look like it's going to work between Trey Young and the other kid. Okay, that's debatable. You can We can debate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometime, and, and let, let me tell you, I learned, this from, I learned this from Hubie Brown, Coach Hubie Brown. We're sitting there, we're talking one day. He goes, you know, BJ, they should make a rule that a coach should not be able to coach a team more than three years. So why you say that, Coach? He said, because after three years, let's be honest, no one wants to hear your voice anymore. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that rule, especially Absolutely. for the Milwaukee Bucks. Absolutely. For everybody. For everybody. For everybody. Why? Because when you're with someone as much as we are with each other in that locker room and you're playing, it's easy to blame the coach, right? It's easy to blame the coach. Truthfully speaking, coaching ain't got nothing to do with it. From this standpoint, the coaches are here to serve the players. You're here to serve the players. You're here to love the players. You're here to get them ready to play. If you're just telling me that the coach is the difference, then your team is probably not really that good. But every good coach will tell you the following. And this is what this is an important lesson for you because you want to be a GM. Well, you now you want to be a coach, but I'll be everything. You, you want to be a GM. Yes. <laughs> you are a really good coach when you have great players. Of course. You are a really good coach. And sometime, Mo, sometime your players don't perform when it's time to perform because every coach will be evaluated. The notoriety of a coach will always be judged by the performance of his players under pressure. Mm -hmm. The notoriety of a coach will always be evaluated by the performance of his players under pressure that's coaching coaching is about taking people and taking young people where they can't take themselves that's coaching i don't care what they say the milwaukee bucks won a championship under coaches buds tutelage and his coaching and they can say whatever they want to say but let me tell you something no one is going to convince me that that was an easy thing to do 
the way they did it. Right? They haven't had us. They haven't had the the same starting forward in the last three years. So we know stability is an important ingredient to winning a championship, especially when you're trying to repeat. Mm -hmm. So you got PJ Tucker there. You got Joe Ingles there. You got Pat Connaughton there. You got, the one guy is out with a back injury. He missed the almost entire season last year. Brooke Lopez. Uh, the, the other kid, Chris Middleton, was out with a substantial injury. Every team has injuries. I mean, absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. That's why you can't blame because every team has injuries. I You're just hoping to not have an injury at the wrong time of the season. That's my point. Thank you. Now I can shut up because everyone wants to blame. I, Winning is the most difficult thing you will ever do in this league. Disagree because you could have just called a timeout and gave yourself the chance to win despite the injuries, despite oh, everything else, despite everything else. You got a timeout. There's still time on the clock. Call it. Draw up a play. Give your okay. team a chance to win. The we're game. playing. We're playing 48 minutes, and I and I get it. I get it, man. It's easy. It's easy. Okay. It's easy. I get it. We should say that. Oh man, he should have called a timeout. Okay. Now here's here here's what you know. This here's why you don't call a timeout. You don't call a timeout because what is the one thing you don't want to play against? I don't want to play five versus five. Why? BJ, they did they five, didn't play. They literally dribbled out the clock. Okay, I'm just merely stating what I've learned, and you state what you learned. I, I Mo, I agree with what you're saying. Mo said they should have called a timeout. Okay. I can respectfully disagree with that. No, right? I'm, is that I'm, okay or is that? Not even at the very end of the game, at the end of the fourth quarter. There's still time on the okay, clock then, and they didn't call a timeout okay. and they just decided to go to overtime instead. Eric Spolster came out today and said even he was in shock that Milwaukee didn't call a timeout in that situation where there's still enough time to get a shot, but instead you just inbound the ball and go to overtime. I'm not even talking about the final possession. That's a, that's a whole different conversation. I'm yeah. talking about that instance. There. Every coach every coach has a different philosophy if they win no one says anything about it the fact that he was shocked to me is like let you know that oh wow it's like it's like a shot fake well you you, you thought somebody was going to do something you did something different when your team is a championship caliber team all right you trust your team that they'll figure it out on the fly i'm not saying i agree with that i'm not saying he shouldn't have called a timeout but what i'm saying is he trusted his guys enough that they would figure it out. Now you can debate it. You, you, we can debate that all day. We, we, that's debatable. I've seen guys call timeouts and not be able to execute. I've seen teams that didn't. The safe thing to do is to call a timeout. Maybe he saw something different. Who knows what he saw? He knows his team better than we do. I can tell you that much. I can tell you, I can tell you that much. He knows his team better than we do. And that to me is the, that's my only thing is when you second guess these coaches, because the timeout doesn't guarantee that the play was going to work. Like, is it that a gives guarantee? You, it, it gives you a chance and worst case scenario, you go to overtime instead of just saying, well, why not? Let's go to overtime. You okay. give yourself a chance to win. Like that's like being in a tie game and you just decide not to take the last shot. Ah, oh, we'll go to overtime instead. Okay. I do know this. The execution of the play is far superior than the planning of the play. They didn't execute. 
They didn't have they a didn't chance to because they didn't call a timeout. The clock just expired. Because Mo, he knows his team better Man, than we do. I ain't buying this. I ain't buying this. You don't have to buy it, Mo. You don't have to buy it. He did it. He didn't do anything. When he won, <laughs> when he won a championship, when he won a championship, no one said anything. Because he coached a great that, that's finals it. then in, in that year. And this time he didn't make the right decisions and they lost. That's the great thing about that's the great thing about coaching. <laughs> Second guessing someone is very, very easy. I get it. We all do it. When you have to make a decision, that's a very difficult thing. And for whatever reason, I'm not saying we don't agree with it. I'm not saying that he, he did the right thing. I don't know, but what I do know is that he knows something about his team that you and I don't. Maybe. And maybe, Mo, they maybe. had a play that wasn't executed. Maybe. Maybe. Just I like, guess just like, we'll I'm never gonna you, know. I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you last example. I'm going to give you the last example. It was game to Sacramento and uh, Golden State. Steve Kerr forgot that he didn't have any more timeouts after he had a challenge call. Mm -hmm. he, and then they call a timeout or something. Steph Curry called the timeout. Called the timeout. Because they didn't win the challenge. When you win the challenge, you keep your timeout. If you no, lose the challenge, okay. you lose yeah, the timeout. Yeah. It, it's and something and Steve Kerr didn't communicate that to Steph Curry, who thought they still had a timeout. That's leadership. See, see, that's the difference. When you lead, you just accept the responsibility, right, wrong, or indifferent. We don't know. We don't know. There's 15 coaches sitting over there. You can't tell me one of them didn't know. Hey, Steve, or convey that to their player that they didn't know they had a time. You can't tell me that. There's 50, We got 15 producers producing the show. Not one of us is going to tell us, hey, man, the show's over 30 minutes. You it, mean to just tell me we just, we just randomly been, did it? We've been no, recording no, for about an no, hour no. and the sun's coming okay, up. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap this but, up. <laughs> but, but my, yeah, let, let, we should wrap it up. But my point is Steve Kerr accepted responsibility for the decision that was made. And instead of him saying... Steve, I mean, Steph, or whomever. He, he didn't say his coaching staff. He said, that was my fault. And I loved it. See, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. But whatever you saw, own it. That's leadership. If you thought your team could perform without a timeout and it didn't work, you own it. And if you own it, I respect it. But for me to sit here and blame because I watched Steve Kerr in a press conference said that was on me. And you can't tell me with 14 or 15 assistants that all of these coaches have. They got developmental coaches. They got offensive coordinators. They got associate head coaches. They got a million arenas. They got headphones. They got iPads. They got everything. You mean to tell me no one? I mean, Mo, it's ridiculous. Mo, you mean to tell me they no headphones. one knew... They got everything. They both. They both. They're they wired up. They, 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 they go AirPods they Pro. Mo, we're, we're listening USB to the in-game speeches. Mo, every coach is taking down something. You mean to tell me not one of them said, "Hey, Steve, we got no more timeouts." But he owned it.
And when well, he well, owned well, it, Steph guess actually, what he said? Steph called that timeout because he was trapped in the backcourt and he was at risk of earning a 16-second violation. I, so I, I, I get there it. There was no Mo, communication Mo. on that play. Mo, that's my point. You own it. You, whatever it is, whatever Coach Bud saw, it didn't work. You own it. Hey, man, this is what I thought. This is where I'm going. And this is what it is. And then you and I have the right to say, well, maybe he could have called a timeout. Okay. But okay. I love that. Okay. I love the fact that Steve Kerr owned that moment. And I yes. said, wow, that's why this guy is a phenomenal coach. Because both of them possibly made a mistake. One guy that made a mistake, owned it and won. One guy made a mistake and lost. And then, that's what I'm saying. Like, you and I, as fans, okay, we can say that. But truthfully speaking, Mo, those, are, those things are happening so fast. Those coaches got all those decisions and all those things and blah, blah, blah. And then whatever, it happens. And you know what? I feel bad that it happened. But at the same time, you know, it's easy to second guess. And I don't want to take the easy route because, you know, I've been I've been on both sides of that. And it stinks when you lose. <laughs> it it, it yeah. stinks. Yeah. It stinks. And you know what I mean? And and Coach Bud is a listen, listen. He's a terrific coach. He's a he's a he's he's won an NBA championship, and whatever happens is going to happen. But I'm telling you this, man. The sitting that hot seat. <laughs> hey, you better be ready. What comes with that? I'm ready. Milwaukee, if you're listening, I'm ready. In the meantime, <laughs> subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe. Tomorrow is going to be a classic episode. We got the Lakers. We got the Warriors. The Grizzlies. The Kings. Oh. You don't want to miss it. We'll speak to you guys soon. Appreciate you all. Share the podcast with your friends. Leave a review, all that good stuff. Most importantly, get buckets and call timeouts when there's still time on the clock. <laughs>